morning, guys. How are you? Well, I'm not sitting down because I'm lazy and I'm crippled. I'm, no, 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 that's fine. <laughs> I'm here because we just thought we'd make it relax and we'll have a little chat. A chat, it'll inspire you. Something, it'll, I'll open up my, my life to you today that I've never done before. And maybe, you know, people think pastors have no problems. Mm -hmm. Well, that's a lie. We're yeah. just people like everybody else. We put our socks on, the pants on the same way, and we have problems. You have kids, you, you, you know, you have problems. You have, uh, hopefully, if you maybe have little problems, but sometimes you have big problems. And, but through it all, doesn't matter who you are, pastor, bishop, whatever you are, the truth is we all have problems, but we have a God that's bigger than our problems. Mm -hmm. We have a God that's bigger than our fears, mm -hmm. bigger than our anxieties, mm -hmm. bigger than our complexities. Even when we just don't know what to do, he knows what to do. And aren't you glad for that? How many have gone through problems that you're still here? Mm -hmm. How many thought you'd never make some of them? I'm sure you know, there's some that I thought I'd just never make. But we're, we're here. And we're here to bless. And we're here to speak life into you today. And uh, to, to be a blessing to the church. I love Gates. I love Texas, by the way. And uh, I love Kerrville. I've been in Kerrville many, many times. And, and uh, I often tell Pastor Steve back in Virginia, if I wasn't in Virginia Beach, I probably would be in Kerrville. And you have a new associate pastor. <laughs> but it seems like God wants me in Virginia Beach, so I'll just visit now and again. There we go. I'm going to pull this sheet back so I can keep an eye on Bert. I don't know what he's doing now. You ready? Yeah, so I, I just asked, uh, I just said to Bert, look, just ask me some questions, and we'll go from there. And I want you to listen, because the Bible says, let him that has an ear to hear, let him hear. And today I want you to have an ear to hear, but also a spirit to receive. You can have an ear to hear and, and not to receive, hmm. but have an ear to hear and a spirit to receive today. And you'll be blessed. You'll go to this place saying it was good to be in the house. Of the Lord. You know, I was thinking, Robert, um, that just in knowing your life and knowing you through the years and your family, that there are times when certain people cut a trail mm -hmm. for other people that other people don't know anything about, you know? Right. And I feel, I feel like that their family cut a trail for a lot of the church world that most people don't know anything about. I mean, you say, well, is it that big? I mean, it was, it was a big deal. I mean, what they did and who they are and, and who their family was, especially in, in those days. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people weren't willing to, you know, to come out of the kind of the status quo and, and do some things in a different way, and you guys were, you know, and, and well, I think that's important. Uh, you know, we were like country bumpkins when we came to America, you know, uh, and uh, 1967 I came, I was just three, and uh, that's a joke, by the way. <laughs> I, I was actually graduated from high school, <laughs> but we graduated young back there. But, but, you know, we were just country bumpkins, but God had done something for us in the praise and the worship. And we were writing songs by the power of the Holy Spirit, and we were coming in here, and, and most churches never, they only they either sang hymns or Bible choruses or Bibles. And then God sent us in with these new wave of worship songs and praise songs. It blew everybody away. One was the Holy Ghost will set your feet to dancing. And back in the days, nobody danced. But that was a cutting-edge song. That's, and we, we weren't that clever. We just knew when we sang that song, when we sang that song, people started dancing and get free in the Holy Spirit. So we would sing it, and people would start dancing, getting free, never to be the same again. Hmm. So it, it was just it was as surprising to us, Bert, yeah, yeah, yeah. as it was to the people. And, that, and just 
I'll tell you the truth. It was the full gospel businessmen. Anybody remember them, the full gospel businessmen back mm-hmm. in the days? And, mm-hmm. and they, they accepted us, and they took us to every con- conference possible, physically possible, and just opened up the doors to us. And, and people were amazingly transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit. Nothing to do with us except our obedience. We did with a few country bumpkins playing an accordion. I call it a stomach Steinway. Others call it excruciating. <laughs> and, uh, but just but loving Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, doing what God had called us to do. Hmm. Yeah. So, so that brought you to the States, and, and you and Margaret married, and how, how many kids uh, did you have? Yeah. Well, Margaret and I have been married for 44 years. The 37 were great. Hmm. And um, <laughs> you've got to know my humor. <laughs> 44 years to the same woman. Come on, you know. Come that's on. A, that's a record yeah, right yeah, there. Yep, yeah, yep, yeah. And, uh, and uh, yeah, so she wouldn't want it hard to be here today, but she just couldn't make it because of work. But, I mean, she, she really wanted She loves Carville, too, by the way. If, if I want to come to Carville, Margaret, you're right there beside me. Yep, I'm with you. But uh, when we came to America, and, and it was a big change. Now, we traveled in America, but traveling and, and staying and putting your stakes down is completely different. And uh, the funny thing is, I, I met the previous pastor, Wally Odom, who pastored the church I'm in now with Steve Kelly. And uh, I met him in Phoenix, of all places. And he invited us to come to Virginia Beach. And we've been so busy in the West Coast. I remember thinking, now it's a long time ago, I remember thinking, yes, when California falls into the water, I'll come to Virginia. <laughs> but God, in his divine mercy and, and foreknowledge, you know, he, a year later, I ended up coming to minister in Virginia Beach. And as I came into the state, we drove into the state with my family, Margaret, my mom and dad, and my two kids at that time. I felt the Holy Spirit say, this is where I want you. And I said to Margaret, I, I, I think this is what the Scottish people do. They don't just blab it. They, they cannot give a little caveat. I think the Holy Spirit just spoke to me just now, and this is where God wants us to be. And 35 years later, it's worked out great. Come on. You know, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So is it difficult acclimating from Scotland to here to like to get everything it's a little difficult but yeah. you know we were pretty adaptable Our, my family were pretty the cameras are pretty adaptable they weren't your normal family you know three squares and and and, and I mean we ate at any time of night and this is funny because when Mark Mar- and I were new married she was used to a family that had dinner every night at five o'clock well my family were business family and you got dinner when when they they had dinner when they came home so it could be five o'clock one night and seven o'clock the next night and it took a little bit of adjustment for Mark and I to do that because I would just come in it whenever the family, I was with the family, I came in at seven some nights or six some nights and she couldn't handle that. <laughs> but and, she did. And you traveled a lot, right? And so, I traveled so, a lot, yeah. So you, so you traveled a lot, what did, and Margaret well, raised the kids? Yeah, so here's, here's, here's the, 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 the truth. I traveled a lot, but we were based in a great church. You know, I didn't want to be just the Camerons traveling like a bunch of mavericks out of the Lone Rangers all over America and just doing our own thing. I wanted to be part of a church because God said, I will build my church. And out of the church comes evangelists, pastors, teachers, prophets. And I want, be, I want my kids brought up in church. Mm. It's interesting because we traveled just as visitors. And one time I'm in Texas down in this, right in the, the valley, Harlingen and McAllen, where Bert used to come from. I was down there. We were on our way to do meetings there in 1982, 
And uh, I'm just talking to my wife. We're, we're driving a station wagon. The, the little kids, we made a thing for them back behind the back seat. My mom and dad and Margaret and I. And I'm sitting to Margaret. I, I can't travel like this. I, don't, I feel for my kids. They, they, I mean, we were driving 500 miles a day a meeting a night, 500 miles a day a meeting, every, all, every night of the week. I don't know how we did it, but we just did. When you don't know any better, you just do it. <laughs> and I was a lot younger then, too. So anyway, we're talking about that. I said, look, we need to get our, get our green card, or we'll just go back and pastor the church in Scotland, and we'll come out here a couple of times a year and scratch that itch. Well, that night, it was a Wednesday night, I'm, I'm preaching this church, and the pastor, who's a friend of ours, he's asked me right, right at the end of service, you know, what kind of plans do you have for your future? I said, well, Morgan, I mean, she's been talking. We need to get a green card. So if we get a green card, we'll stay here. If we don't, we'll go home. He said, that lady over there, that's the superintendent of the immigration office. That was a Wednesday night. I had my green card on Monday. Oh, my gosh. So I think... I think the Lord wanted us to live in America. You know? <laughs> and then that's when I met, then that's a few months later. Then we got a green card, then we thought, well, where, where do we go from here? Where do we go? We travel everywhere. That's when I met Wally Odom, and then we came to Virginia Beach. Yeah. So it's amazing. You look back how God leads you. The steps of a righteous man are ordered by Come on. the Lord. Come know? on. Awesome. So um, you had four children, right? Four children. Uh -huh. We have twins that are 41, Robert Jr. and Julie. And uh, Julie lives in Charlotte, North Carolina. Robert lives with us. Yeah, I have a boy, David, and a daughter, Stephanie. He, David's 36, Stephanie's 34. They live in Scotland. They were brought up in Virginia Beach, but they wanted to go back there. And I'm thinking, okay. And I wouldn't go back, but you, if you want to go back. <laughs> and they both got married. And uh, this, there's, he's been there 11 years. Stephanie's been there three years. And guess where we go for vacation? Scotland. Because I have a granddaughter, Bella, who's three. So I tell my kids, I'm coming home at Christmas time to see Bella. <laughs> so, you know, in ministry, a lot of times, pastors, people in ministry, everything's supposed to be perfect with them. True? Yes. Yeah, yeah, I mean, everything's supposed to be right. And so, I, and just because I know this, and, and you, you're sharing that and, and been sharing it with other people today, you're going to talk a little bit about it. One of your kids you had some issues with. Yes. Huh? So... Tell so, us a little bit about that. So, we were not the Waltons. <laughs> Good night, John. Good night. Yeah. We were a great family. We were a great family. I mean, we never wanted for anything. We weren't well off. We just, God always provided for us. We had a nice home, part of a great church, a thriving church. And, uh, but, you know, you never know the way your kids are going to turn out. So, David, who's 36 now, he started getting into drugs. And for 10 years, he was in drugs, since he was 14. And, of course, the last people to know is you. And I, I never knew he was in drugs when he was 14. I knew when he got older, they were doing stuff. And him and his brother, Robert, he got into medica drug, medication drugs because he was taking panic attacks. And, and for 10 years, these, these two boys, especially David, for 10 years, David just wrecked havoc. Now, it's a funny thing. If you talk to my son, David, you think, that's the nicest boy. And he was. He's very polite, very, very uh, nice to people, brought up well, we talked well. But he wasn't nasty. He was just getting into drugs and hanging with the wrong people. And just, I didn't know what I was coming home to at night sometimes, you know. And one time I came home and this guy's in my house taking a big, one of those old big Sony TVs, you know, the heavy ones, the Weggers or whatever you call them. He's taken downstairs and throwing his car. And I never went home for lunch. I always stayed in the church. And I have to come home this day, I think. The Holy Spirit maybe led me home. 
I came home this day, and I said, what are you doing? He says, oh, David said I can use this TV. I said, get, that's not his TV, get it back in. I said, you know, you've no business being in my house. And it was, an upst- it was a heavy TV, he had bounced that, the TV was all damaged, but it was all to do with drugs, you know? That told him, I said, hey, I know what you're doing. I said, you show your face back here, you'll be in jail. Never seen him again, but that's the kind of thing. So uh, this went on and on and on, and just, again, Nice boy, but doing stupid things, stealing stuff would go missing. And, and uh, I had a $10,000 guitar that a friend had given me, an antique guitar. It went missing, probably sold for 200 bucks. And I know who did it, you know what I'm saying? So this went on for a while. And, and finally, I said to my wife one day, I said, look, I can't live like this. I love my boys and I love more, but... Now, the other son, he was doing fine. He was, he was, coming, he was coming clean. And uh, we sat one day, and I said, Margaret, if he steals one more thing from me, I am going to take him to the police myself. And we were in agreement. Now, here, here's an important thing. You cannot make decisions like that unless you're in agreement. You've got to be on the same page. You've got to be on the right. same page yeah. as your spouse. Uh-huh. Now, listen, this is Pastor Robert Cameron you're talking about preaching all over the world and preaching and singing and, and back in those days. And, and people think, ah, you don't have any problems. Ha, 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 ha. If only they knew, because I never, I never told anybody about my life. I, just, I was embarrassed about it, to tell you the truth. But it, it was hell. It was going through hell. And the next week I come in, and the, this, the weed whacker, what do you call him here, strummer? No, the, the weed eater. Weed eater, mm-hmm. yeah, weed eater. It weed was whacker. Yeah, weed whacker. whacker. Yeah. That's, I like Whipper the whacker. Yeah. What are you doing? Whacking yeah, weeds. That's yeah. right. That's what they need, whacking. So the, the next week I came in, the next week I came in, I saw it missing. I said, where's the, where's the strummer? The weed eater. Uh, I, and I just knew. And I told him before. I said, no, David, you steal one more thing from me, and I'm going to put you in. Okay. So I said, okay. Remember what I told you last week? So I said, okay. So get in the car. So I took him down to the police station. This is one of the hardest things I've ever had to do. But sometimes you've got to have tough love. You've got to be a man of your word. You tell them, because I, I looked at some of the guys he was hanging with, I thought, man, if that boy doesn't get delivered, he's going to be killed. And maybe not only him, we were going to get killed as well, because the guys he was hanging about were, were just, I mean, animals, you know? So I took him down, and... and uh, we spoke to the police officer one night, and, and, he, and, then, and then he came in and spoke to us. And I can remember the police officer, old African-American police officer, he said, man, what's a nice guy like that getting into trouble like this for? And I, but that's how he was. He, he was just a really nice guy doing stupid things, and he couldn't, he didn't know how to get out of the hole. So long story short, we put him in jail. So... For the next 13 months, our Saturday morning track was breakfast, visit your son in jail. And it was the most horrible feeling, the most horrible thing, because I had no business being in jail. It wasn't my lifestyle. You understand what I'm saying? I was sitting there with people that all they'd known as jail, and God bless them, I mean, we have a heart for them. But I just felt, you know, and just for a year and a half, every Saturday, we went and visited them, and uh, he did some time. Let me ask you something. Do, sure. do you feel like that 
during those times and, and thoughts that the enemy would s speak to you is that, that because of the choices he made, it was all your fault. Yeah. Because did. you didn't do enough, you didn't do this, that. Yeah. And, and um, there's, no set of, there's no set of perfect parents. No, no not yet. No. I mean, until Becky and I. Yeah. yeah. But <clears throat> the, there, were, there were no perfect parents. So, yeah, everybody yeah. makes mistakes. Yeah. But, but that attack of the enemy yeah. that comes to your mind oh, telling you yeah. it's all because of you. Yeah. You're a pastor. You're disqualified yeah. now. You're this and yeah. that, all that kind of stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's how he works. The enemy works in confusion. Did God say? Hmm. And he would come to me and said, you travel too much. Because mm -hmm. I traveled all the time. Mm -hmm. But I was home all week. But I was gone most weekends. And I, I would just, the enemy would come and attack me and say, look, uh, you should have been to baseball games. You should have been to t-ball games. And I wasn't some of them. But, and I look back, I should have been at more of them. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. But then we're, none of us are perfect. And that's, you know, and I'll be out. And yes, he would come at that. And, and I just, and I thought, I said, come to the conclusion, well, I've done my best. I've talked to Margaret. We talk, the great thing about Margaret and I, we had great communication. That's before cell phones, by the way. Mm -hmm. And we had great communication, and we talked about it, and, and, and we would pray about it, and just realize, no, I did what I had to do. Because this is an, a terrible thing to say, but see, when he was in jail, I knew where he was. I knew where he was every night in jail. It, and I could sleep at night. Because there was nights we couldn't sleep because we didn't know what he was doing. Hmm. But we did, the enemy would come and, oh, you're a failure as a father, you're a pastor, you're saving everybody else's lives and, mm -hmm. and kids, and yet, look at you, your kids are going to hell. Hmm. But, you know, I just got up and I would speak that verse. As for me and my house, Joshua chapter 6, I believe it is, we will serve the Lord. Come on. Didn't feel it. Hmm. Didn't, didn't, it, it didn't feel great. I, I was saying it in pure faith. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Come on, come on. Yeah. And, and during that time, I mean, you're at, when you're at church, you're sitting on the front row. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Sitting on the front row and your son's in jail, yeah. right? Yeah. So, I mean, constant thoughts, probably even people saying things, you know, if, if people found out about it, right? Yeah. yeah. Great feeling. Great feeling to have sitting in the front row <laughs> and your son's in the pokey. <laughs> but... I, I determined this. I set the devil. Devil, I'll preach better. I'll sing better. I'll write better songs. I'll do more for the kingdom now than I've ever done before because you will not get the better of me. You know, you will not get the better of me. So I, we just kept on going. And then disaster happened. And the, the immigration, the ICE, they call it, they swept the jail uh, for all those that had green cards that were felons. Well, we, we weren't citizens. I still, I'm still a green card holder. And, uh, and for some reason, we just never, we had it for, I've had it for 35 years, but we never just became a citizen, not for any reason. I don't know why. But anyway, I've gone as far as write the forms out and take them into the Fed office, and they said it's the wrong office. You'll have to send them somewhere else. That's how close I got to doing it. And I got disheartened. I put them back in my office, but I still have them because I have no intention of going back. But the immigration swept, the, swept all the, the jail, and David was a green card holder. So they told him, you're going back to Scotland. So he's not in Scotland because he, was, he wanted to go to Scotland. He was in Scotland because he was deported to go back mm. to Scotland. Mm -hmm. And that, my friend, was a game changer. Mm. That, that was a heartbreaker because we'd never been apart. We'd had troubles, but we're always there together. And the fact that he was sent out never to get back 
I mean, to this day, he can't get back. And we see, I see Bella three days a week, twice a day in FaceTime, twice, every two days in FaceTime. Thank God for FaceTime. And she knows her grandpa. But I mean, the, you know, it, just, it, it was horrible. We spent thousands of dollars on lawyers to see if we can un- overturn this situation, and it didn't. And that just broke our hearts, Marcus as well. But we never deviated from what God called us to do. And that's the thing, you know. I, uh, even Pastor Steve, and we're good, good friends, and he, you know, he knew all about this. And he said, look, the thing I like about you and Mark, you never deviated from your calling. Never. In fact, I'll tell you the truth. If it wasn't from a calling, I would have given up. But see, when you're tied to the purposes of God, yeah. you cannot Come give on. up. Can't. Just like those two milk cows in the Old Testament, they were lashed to the ark. They were lowing, but going. Hmm. And you couldn't, but you can't change it because that's what God has called you to do. Things come, things go, devastating things come. Awesome things, just horrible things happen. But you cannot deviate from the call of God in your life. Because if I turn back, what would David think? You know, if the prodigal father, if the prodigal father had shut up shop because he got depressed because his son left, and he sold the farm and left. Where would the prodigal son come back to? Mm-hmm. You, you never deviate. Waters come, flow, fires come, waters come. But the Bible says you'll, the fire will not burn you, and, you'll, and the water will never overflow you, never mm-hmm. drown you. You know, sometime in those situations um, where it's because of the choice of the, of the child that he was in the situation that he's in. I mean, mm-hmm. you can say whatever, but it was his choice to do what he yeah. did, right? But did he ever blame you and Margaret? Never. No? No. Yeah. Never. I used to say to them, you know, I'm sorry I had to do this for you, but that's the only way I could do it. And he would just say, Dad, you did the right thing. You know what he said to me? He said, Dad, if you hadn't done that, and if I hadn't been deported to Britain, I would have been dead because the guys I was hanging out with were cruel. And he said, so you, you, no, he never blamed us. We've got a great relationship today. Uh, but, but you feel that as well. You know, I had to, I had to talk to him about that. And I, I still, I'll talk, when I go home, I'll just chat with him. So how are you doing? Dad, you did the right thing. Mm-hmm. You did the right thing. No, tough love. It's, when you say tough love, it's tough. But you've got to do the right thing, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And I think in, in any situation, your, your relationship with God is going to always be challenged. Yeah. I mean, that, I mean yeah. it, just, it just is, like, like we were saying earlier. But, but how, how did it, going in this time with David and what you went through with him, how, how, did, how was your relationship, like, fluctuating back and forth at times, probably? Yeah, well, this, this is an amazing thing. Mark and I were, were, were just got close. It only drew us closer. You know, problems either drive you apart mm. or they drive you closer. So Dali drove Mark and I closer, and we would talk and we'd pray for one another, and we'd encourage one another, saying, you know, we're going to go on. Because you'd have your moments when you think, yeah, what if, what if, what if. But then you come back again, you say, well, I did what I had to do, and I'm doing what God's wanted us to do. And, uh, and then once David comes, got out and went back in Scotland, he got a job, and, he, he, you know, and, he was, and we talked to him about, you know, we were disappointed I had to go that, that route. And he said, oh, Dad, I don't forgive you at all. I, I forgive you. I, I, I know you did the right thing. And that just helped us. Yeah. Strengthen your the, relationship. Keep yeah. the course. Yeah, yeah, you know? absolutely. Yeah. 
and the, and then to not lose faith. You know, not lose faith. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Yes, yeah. You've got it's a will. You've got a, it's an act of your will. Mm. Because when things come against you, you've got you just say, "I will bless the Lord at all times." Yeah. His prayers shall be continually in my mouth. Mm -hmm. So what we were getting tested on is stuff we had preached on for years, right? I mean, one of my favorite messages, is, my thoughts is, you and your house mm -hmm. will be saved. Mm -hmm. So you're tested on that. You know, my prayers will be continually in my mouth. I got up in the morning, and I didn't feel like singing, but I would sing because I was worshiping God. I knew what I couldn't do, he could do. What I couldn't change or who I couldn't change, he could change. Mm -hmm. And uh, that kept me going. That kept me going. Yeah. No, I think <laughs> what comes to my mind is it's easy to judge people when you haven't been through something. You know, it's easy to judge it. Then when you're faced with something you thought you would never face in life. I mean, right? You yeah. never thought you'd have faced that. No. With, with, I mean, you, where you were raised and the family you were raised in and all those kind of things and your children and you're growing up, you're in loving God and all that kind of thing. You didn't expect for one of your children to choose what they chose. No. You know, you didn't no. expect that. But, and, and you look at it and yeah. you, but it's easy to judge people yeah. when you haven't experienced something yeah. like that. Yeah. Absolutely. So what happened was in that experience, it made me a lot softer for other people going through that experience. Hmm. Do, you, do you understand that? Yeah. So I would have said to people before then, come on, come on, lift yourself up by your bootstraps. Come on, that son will come around. Just tell him. You know, beat him into submission and da-da-da. <laughs> <laughs> Idiot. <laughs> but God's got a way of softening your heart. Because once you've gone through it, you can help other people. Hmm. I'm talking to people here today. You're probably got kids that are running amok. So this is what we do to get our own back on the devil. We share stuff like this so you can be encouraged. Yeah. So you don't lose your footing. Mm -hmm. So you don't lose and give up and you don't lose heart and give up. And that's what we do. Every time we share this, we're encouraging the kingdom of God, the kingdom of Christ, the body of Christ. Because I know there are people here, I'm sure you have kids, maybe not kids, maybe it's your parents that are not serving God. But I'm here to tell you, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. You yeah. say it, as for me and my house. You know, I'm glad the devil's mad. He never got the lad he thought he had. <laughs> so just just a, another thought before we before we end this. But um, what what you know the journey that your whole family on and yeah. I mean you've got man I mean there are Camerons everywhere man we we were in San Antonio yesterday and I mean there's a I don't know, half a dozen of them in San Antonio. You know, I, yeah. I didn't even know they were there. But, and, uh, but there are Camerons everywhere. Yeah. But you guys have, I mean, your whole family has done an amazing work around right. the globe. You know, yeah. I mean, you got a, your, uh, your uncle that's, uh, it's your uncle, right? That, the guy that's on. on um, cousin Philip. Co cousin yeah. Philip, yeah. And, and doing just amazing work everywhere yeah. around the planet. But it's because um, your dad got right. born again, and, yeah. and, it, and it changed things. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, It's an amazing story, you know. I'm a somebody that have been around for years and know it, but my dad was the first one saving the Camerons, uh, probably 65 years ago. And he was up in the north of Scotland working for the war, and he was cutting sh metal for the, for the Navy, cutting up scrap boats. And it was 200 miles from home, and uh, his mother was sick, so he decided to go home for the weekend and see his sick mother. So he went into the, no, I'm talking about, this is the north of Scotland. It's the farthest north point in Scotland. If you go any further, you fall off into the North Sea. I mean, that's exactly right. I mean, you could look over and then, that's it, you know, that's the North Sea. And it was rocky, that's why the ships used to go aground, you know. 
So he, he went to, he stopped at this, we call them tea rooms, you call them coffee shops. Tea rooms. He went to this little tea room with three or four tables, and he sat down. And Mrs. Stevens was the lady on the coffee. She, she, he ordered a cup of tea, and right in between the salt and the pepper, Mrs. Stevens put a tract, a, a touch card, a gospel, a Christian touch card. And my dad read it, and as he read it, he gave his life to Jesus. And when the lady came back, he said to the lady, man, can, can I keep this touch, can I, track? we call them tracks for the older, for the younger generation, we call them tracks, gospel tracks. And he said, can I keep this? And she says, yeah, are you a Christian? She says, yeah. So I tell me how you got saved. He said, I got saved right now. <laughs> Just <laughs> read your tract. <laughs> it wasn't much, but that lady doesn't realize what she did for the kingdom. Yeah. Because a drop of ink can make millions think. A little touch card, a little book, notebook, a little two, three words can change people's lives. And he left, and of course, he went home to, to 200 miles away. I mean, totally transformed by the power of the Holy Ghost. We, my family were not Christian family. They were just businessmen, you know. And in fact, they were up and outs. They were alcoholics and, 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 and just doing all kinds of stuff like that. But what happened was he, um, what time is that, Bert? Is that 40, 32 or 42? 42. Oh, thank God. Okay. We'll give him five more minutes. <laughs> five, 10, 15. <laughs> so he went home, and, and, and he was sitting in a little Pentecostal church with about 30 people. Now, my father didn't, didn't know anything about Holy Spirit, except he had an amazing encounter with God. And he sat there in that little church, and the Holy Spirit spoke to him and said, if you remain faithful, I'll bring in all your family. And he knew it was. He didn't, it was he, he, I mean, he did the Holy Spirit. God spoke to him. That's what he said. God spoke to him. So long story short, he told, he, he, he told him, uh, his family, he said, I'm going to pray for you. God's going to save you. And they laughed him. And seven years later, after seven years of nothing, the next brother gets saved. And that's his sons in, in, in San Antonio, with a church in San Antonio today. And after seven years, two young evangelists came up from a Bible college, straight out of Bible college, to have a one-week revival service, which lasted for six weeks. And in that six weeks, 95 people gave their lives to Jesus. 65 of them were Camerons. In, two, in six weeks. Because Mrs. Stevens had put a tract between the salt and the pepper. It doesn't take a whole lot. Mm. It, it, it just use what you've got. Yeah. So. That's awesome. Awesome, awesome. So I just want to share something Bert, ahead, before I finish. Absolutely. In Hebrews eleven seven, it says, Noah, by faith Noah, when warned about things not yet seen, in holy fear built an ark to save his family. He built an ark to save his family. What are we doing here today? Have we nothing better to do? Are we, are we intentional what we're doing? We're here because you're building for the saving of your families. You've put money to this building. You've helped build this building. You've helped do this and that and the other beautiful edifice and beautiful site. And because we're building for the saving of our families. And we're, we're, we're doing something about it. And God wants us to build an ark for the saving of of our families, and I'm going to take a 30-minute thought and put it in 10 minutes, so that's pretty good for a preacher. <laughs> so how do you build an ark? Noah built an ark. How do you build it? I'll tell you how you build it. If you're taking notes, take this down, one plank at a time. Don't get overwhelmed with the big picture. When you look at your family and they're running amok and they're doing drugs and they're alcoholics and this and that, just you build an ark, a plank at a time. So let me give you some planks. Number one. The plank of prayer. 
the plank of prayer. Pray for your family. Pray for the hardest nuts. Look at the worst ones and start zooming in on them and pray for them. You know, prayer is not the only thing we should do, but it's the first thing we should do. The plank of prayer. Don't look at your situation and think it'll never get done. Don't let the size of your giant determine the size of your God. Write that one down. That's a good one. Because we look at the big picture and think, God is bigger than all your problems. God is bigger than all your fears. God is bigger than all your perplexities. He's bigger than the hardest nut in your family. God is bigger. The plank of prayer. Number two, believe God's word. John 6, Joshua chapter 6, 70, you and your house will be saved. Acts chapter 10, Cornelius and all his house was saved. Acts chapter 16, the Philippian jailer, or somebody, I heard somebody say the flippin' jailer, the flippin' jailer and all his family got saved. <laughs> I thought it was a Texas Aggie person, I think it was to say that. <laughs> a Scottish guy. <laughs> and all his, so there's a theme in the Bible, you could pray for your families. The, believe God's word. If God said it, I believe it. Listen to what John 3.16 says, most famous scripture. It's not God's will, it's God's will that any should perish, but all should have everlasting life. Come on. The plank of believing God's word. Here's another one. A plank of perseverance. Perseverance. Never give up. Never give up. Doesn't matter what you see, it doesn't matter what you sow. If you sow righteousness, you'll reap righteousness. If you sow faith, if you sow faith, you'll reap faith. Are you with me today? Yeah. It's a, the perseverance never, never line upon line upon line upon line, precept upon precept, you'll never give up. Nelson Mandela said, "A winner is a dreamer who never give up." Well, a winner is a dreamer who never give up. Come on. And we've got to understand that you'll have to persevere. Seven years till the next brother gets saved. Yeah. It was years before my boys got free. And I want to tell you now, my boys are drug-free. Been drug-free for 11 years. Thank God. You can Come clap on. if you want. Woo. Amen. Amen. The perseverance. You have to be just as determined as your family saved as the devil is determined to have them. So get determined. Get up there in his face and say, devil, you'll never get my family. Come on. You'll never get my family. Okay. Here's another one. Sowing into the kingdom. Give your seed an assignment. When you sow, it doesn't matter. Just we'll sow different things. Here you are. Sow your, it's not what you see, it's what you sow. We sow our time. The volunteers and the, and you know, every given, any given Sunday in our church, we have over 200 volunteers. But you know what they're doing? They're sowing. They're building an ark. They're, it's a plank for their family. They're sowing their time. They're sowing their effort. They're not, they can't all preach. They can't all sing. They can't all do this and that and the other. But there's something you can do. Come on. There's something you can do. Sow your time. You can drive the golf carts. We have four golf carts. And it was pretty wet in Virginia Beach. There was a big storm coming through, and the golf carts been pretty wet. But we drive them to save people getting wet. But it, and, and to save people walking with six acres of parking. So it, it, but be a, be a cart driver. You know, just hospitality, help clean the facilities. But do something, sow something, sow your time, sow your finances. Well, I'm talking to the choir here, I'm sure Pastor Bert's talking about sowing your finances. And when you're sowing, give your seed an assignment. Just don't sow willy-nilly. This, you know, when, when, when Pastor Bert's talking about, you know, uh, fixing the, fix the provision for whatever it was called, he talked about, about fixing the road and everything. I mean, understand that's sowing into the kingdom. Yeah. 
But when you're sowing, give your, give your seed an assignment. Like when, I, when my son was in prison, in jail, I, I would sow my tithes every week. And I said, no, David, David. Um, David's name's on that. On. Robert's Come name's on that. Come on. Because you can give your seed an assignment. Yeah. Jesus did. Come on. Jesus sent Jesus. God did, rather. God sent Jesus. The Bible says, for this purpose was the Son of God manifest to destroy the works of the evil one. He had an, ass, in an assignment. Yeah, he, he came to destroy. Are you with me? And we, we can give our seed an assignment. Not just, okay, here's a few bucks. No, I'm giving you this intentionally because I want to see Jimmy saved. I want to see Juanita saved. I want to see, you know, I want to see Jane saved. Are you with me today? Come on. I want to see Becky saved. Maybe today, this could be the day. <laughs> Debbie. <laughs> Debbie. So your prayers. We've talked about that already. But here's a, here's a funny thing. So your prayers. My grandmother, what time is it? Oh, yeah. Just two minutes. So my grandmother was 40 years old. She was diagnosed. She was six months to live with cancer at 40 years old. And she's at a prayer line one night. And next to her was a guy with a wheelchair. And my grandmother, who comes from the same town as Donald Trump's mother, by the way, in Scotland, one of the highlands in Scotland. And uh, she was standing there and was going to get prayed for. And she looked at the guy in the wheelchair and she thought in her heart, Man, he needs it more than me. Now, she's just got a death sentence, six months till you die. So she prayed for Davy, Hector, his name was, and God healed her. She never died she was, until she was 86 or 90, and she never died of cancer. Mm. So your seeds, so your prayers, give him, you know, so, so, so your prayers. And Job, pray, Job prayed for his friends. So your ideas, so your ideas. Hey, if you've got a creative idea, sow it to the girls and to Pastor Bert. Not, no, they might not take all the ideas all at once, but there's never such a thing as a bad idea. Come on. It's maybe not the timing's not right, yeah. but it's a good idea. Yeah. And I'll finish with commitment. Commitment. Noah Webster took 100 years to, to publish his Webster's Dictionary. Noah took, a, took a, over a, rather, sorry, Noah took over 100 years to build the ark. Do you think there were days there when Noah thought, this will never get done? One plank at a time. Over 100 years. Never just be committed. I read something last week. It said 80% of Americans don't like snails. Yeah, escargot. They prefer fast food. <laughs> <laughs> you know, a snail's slow food. Right, yeah. <clears throat> That's the first time I've said that, so I'll have to try again. So. <laughs> and finally, faith. Faith. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. If the vision tarry, wait for it. It will come. Martin Luther King said, faith is taking the first step when you don't see the staircase. Sometimes you don't know. I didn't know. But I never deviated. I moved in faith that one day I would say, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Now, this is, I was thinking about this just a couple of weeks ago, and I was, quote, I'd say that all the time, as for me and my house, we, we will serve the Lord. But I want to come to the point where I can say, as for me and my house, we serve the Lord. Take the will out. That's the, that's the faith part. It, you know, they're not there yet. And my boys are just not serving the Lord. I mean, they love, they love God and all that stuff. But they're not committed like I would like to be committed for. So I would like to see them say, I'd like to be able to say, as for me and my house, we serve. How many would love to say that about your Come kids? On. Amen. Amen. Can I pray for you? <clears throat> Noah built an ark. Listen, my boys are doing great. They're doing great. In fact, I think I have a photograph. I might have a photograph. Huh? David and his wife and Bella did it. Yeah, there you are. Look. 
She's the cutest. Three years old. She loves her grandpa. She sees me every two days. And uh, that's Michelle's wife. And she's English, but we won't talk about that. You didn't quit. You didn't I didn't quit. quit. And that's right. She's a lovely, absolutely amazing wife. A great wife for him, you know. And, but through it all, they're drug-free. They're drug-free. My other son is great. He's, he, he's drug-free. He comes to church, and, and my rest of my, my other two girls, you know, one girl needs to go to church. The other girl goes to Elevation in Charlotte. But we're, we're believing God. That's what me and my heart.